0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast.
1: All right, we are ready to go with our wonderful panel here. And topics worthy of discussion is sponsored by Pizzaville. Pound 3636. There, I've got it memorized in my head here's our panel david wills senior vice president of media profile a leading toronto public relations and that is for sure david (laughs) nice to see you again see you dave sparrow president of actra national the union which of course represents performers across canada and also dave sparrow ran in the toronto municipal election back in 2014
0: I did, Arlene, and happy Valentine's Day. I would have brought you chocolates, but I'm trying to trim down.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, we all are, aren't we? Yeah, we all are. But it is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Michael Diamond is on his way, stuck in in our wonderful... Uh, roadway system. He is going to join us as soon as he gets here. Well, we're going to start. I tied this into Valentine's Day when I began. I don't know. Uh, David, let me let me give it a try. I mean, love is fickle. You know, Justin Trudeau, feeling betrayed, all those things. What do you make of where we are in this SNC-Lavalin?
2: I, you know, I think this is a great example of Kind of where you just listen to the the music and the melody, but nobody's singing the lyrics, so we're all singing along to whatever we want to sing to, because it's what's not being said that everybody's filling in the blanks, which makes this such a fun story for everybody to uh, to talk about. And it also gives the the both opposition parties endless fodder to keep punching away at the government. But it's you know we know what we don't know about this that we need to know far outweighs what we actually know well
1: that's the the problem here we have a sense that we're just at the beginning of it Mm -hmm. and we shouldn't you know how these stories go if you don't come up with a plausible explanation and tell people what they need to know this stuff happens
2: yeah if you don't if you don't define the issue the -hmm. issue defines you and that's where we are right now and it's all of these things that you know it could end up being a little bit of both right that you know, she she was offended or or taken aback that somebody would ask her that, and that you know the Trudeau people were surprised that she didn't push back at the time. It could be both. We don't know. We may never know. She
1: got demoted, though.
2: Yeah, she, she did. got
1: Demoted. She that's did. one thing we do know. And she's not jumping into his defense. And she's a liberal, former liberal. candidate.
2: This is all the interesting part because You're... she's her silence is screaming. It's deafening. It is. And I... at some point, she's gonna she's gonna talk, and she... that's. That's what I'm waiting for.
1: You got it. Absolutely. And joining us is Michael Diamond. He's made it here. Thank you for being here.
2: It's a Toronto traffic. I, I apologize. Know.
1: That's what I said. Uh, Michael, of course, is a campaign strategist and a political commentator upstream. David, well, we just heard that we have another. We got a David and a Dave. Dave, how are you looking at this? this uh, you, you said, you know, you're not crazy political wonk or anything, but are you paying attention to this?
0: Well, you can't help but pay attention to it because the media has been just reporting on this ad nauseum over the last few days, as, as well they should, uh, holding the government to account uh but i guess from a political sense just as a uh, a citizen as etc Is there any surprise that the uh, government would actually go and talk to ministers and that the perception of that talk would uh, be be felt by those ministers? Even if even if somebody from the PMO had come in and said, um, we're not giving any uh, direction here. This is in your hands, but you understand the consequences is how much does that sway a person's uh, response to that? They they would interpret that as meaning something. And so that's been going on throughout the history of politics, and so this doesn't surprise me. And frankly, I think that uh, Trudeau should have basically just owned up to it um, right away and said, you know, if that was the perception, that was not what we were intending and could have perhaps moved beyond this. But in fact, all his uh, misdirection on we gave no direct direction mm-hmm. um, perhaps is, is the problem here.
1: Yeah, somebody tied it into the Lewinsky, I did not have sex with that woman, because they were all thinking at that time, Hmm, what is the definition of And I'll tell you, Arlene, sexual... <laughs> I would have
0: demanded that he just come forward and share the truth right away.
1: Uh, you've been doing that at parties. You're, you must feel great. I set you up for that. That is that is great. Okay, Michael Diamond, what, what do you say as we're talking? Well,
3: we just heard, I think, absolutely. Would uh, a prime minister speak to their ministers on a number of matters? 100% and they should. Mm-hmm. Except the Attorney General about a prosecution in a matter that's ongoing in front of the courts. That's where you go from what's proper Mm -hmm. to what potentially is improper. So I think there's a few things that have to happen here. The Prime Minister should waive privilege uh, for uh, the former Attorney General so she can speak. If there's nothing uh, nefarious, if it's as he suggests, this can all go to bed. I think he's not waiving that privilege because I think he doesn't want us to find out what happened. And uh, uh, the longer this goes on, they should just throw everything out, get it out of the way, because this issue, if they aren't proactive in disclosing what occurred, it's going to drip, drip, drip right through October.
1: It's already dripped. Well, it's it's going to keep dripping. It is. Now, David, you know, when these things last more than a couple of days, they change importance and structure. But let me throw, because we have exactly what we just heard from Michael, what the nub of this is. Was there pressure put on? It's important to all Canadians. I know, you know, people are saying the media is covering it. I I happen to think it's a huge story until we get some answers. But there's also a sidebar in this. And this is the irony, the, the image of this prime minister. It's, you know, it'd be tough for any prime minister if this was happening. But this is a prime minister who's branded on the antithesis of this, especially diversity. We have an indigenous minister and we have a woman. We had the beginning of this, oh, she might be difficult. You know, all women in any field have heard that before. I don't know if it works anymore. How how has this changed this for the prime minister here, the essence of this matter?
2: Well, I think that's where he took the hardest body blow in this, mm. in that it di- it really did, um You know, run opposite to everything that he has said. That he ran on, that people embraced when they elected him, and I think even when he talked about her resignation, the way he spoke about her seemed to be, to me, condescending. Mm -hmm. He switched from calling her the former attorney general to Jody. Yeah, and you know, I I, I admit I got a bit of a a left leaning Twitter feed, Uh, Mm -hmm. but people were jumping on that the other night and were just saying, and -hmm. they were just saying that how disappointed they were. In that, 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 you know, that it was words, not action. Um, and so that's that's just on the, the female uh, front on this. Mm-hmm. And I also think that, you know, the fact that, you know, liberals are willing to stand up and come to her defense, like, named. Um, very surprised. You know, this has been a pretty united Team Trudeau for a long time. They've been very disciplined. Mm. They have been very, very good at being cohesive. So we're starting to see a crack there that they didn't like what they saw from him. And I think that that's really where he took the hardest hit.
1: Absolutely. I've never seen that before and certainly not in this government. Michael, I know you're chomping. In Canada, I
2: think
3: uh, that's a great point. In Canada, we're so used to such strong caucus solidarity. Mm. If this was the United Kingdom or Australia, I think Justin Trudeau would already be facing uh, the prospect (laughs) of a vote from within his caucus (laughs) to maintain uh, uh, his his leadership role. And and I think it's also important if you look at some of the other demotions that Justin Trudeau's cabinet has seen. Uh, The very first one, Marianne Mahaychuk, Minister of Labor, fired from cabinet. Uh, mm-hmm. Another notable on Melanie Jolie, demoted. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a pattern to the folks who are being demoted from this cabinet. Hey, these
1: and these women uh, are going uh, to missing, is that and what you're when saying? It, when, it's men, <laughs> when
3: it's men, they go to uh, cushy diplomatic wow. postings. They get a title like ambassador, a house overseas, a nice it's driver, a nice Trudeau's job. not just Trudeau's a
1: feminist, I'm sitting in front when, of <laughs> When
3: it's women, they get demoted or fired out of cabinet. No No soft landing.
1: All right. You see, this is part of the difference in this. You know, years ago, it was women who said this, but we're in a different way we say woke situation here. (laughs) And the prime minister is part of what happened and what brought it in, Dave. Do you think that's going to resonate with the so-called average voter here? I mean, because there's a bit of an entertainment spin to this.
0: Well, I, I think, absolutely, I think that's his biggest faux pas here is that it was one thing to do his big mic drop back at the beginning and have uh, 50% uh, uh, women in terms mm-hmm. of his cabinet. It's another thing if he changes his uh, um, diplomatic attitude toward, toward those uh, women and doesn't treat them with the respect that they uh, deserve. And so I think that there is a, a huge uh, female voting population in Canada um, that uh, could be turned off of him if he He's not careful. That said, uh, the election, even though it's just months away, is a long way away. And there's a lot of uh, water to flow under the bridge before we vote.
1: You bet there is. But uh, David, I want to ask you, this is different. I mean, this is in a different time. Look at how, you know, I'm sitting here with uh, three men on this panel and it wouldn't have been this way 10 years ago. You guys get it. It's, It's a it's a different landscape here. How what can he do to repair this?
2: Well, he's going to have to do it with actions, not words, mm-hmm. because the, that's not going to be good enough because of this. Uh, you know, I do think that, you know, Dave talked about, um, you know, that a lot of, you know, the female voting block mm-hmm. is large. So is so is the millennial voting block that mm-hmm. really embraced him. Yeah. And if they feel betrayed, they will do two things. They will not vote for him or they won't vote at all. And, you know, I think, you know, the thing, you know, the, the SNC thing, that's really going to resonate with that seniors vote the like the older voters that always vote that more reliable they're going to go out and vote which hurts right because those people are going to vote one way or the other the part that kind of threw him into that big majority Mm -hmm. there's people there who will stay home and if he turns those people off that becomes difficult because that can really tip in places where they think that they were solid so i think he's going to have to back this up with actions that speak to the words that he's been saying since he's been elected.
1: You know, Michael. I've said, other people have said, and I, I think it's a fair statement. This is a, certainly the biggest scandal that this elected government, this Liberal government, has faced un, until this time. Is is it, in your opinion, does it have the potential? I mean, are is Andrew Scheer... You know, uh, smiling in, in the sidelines. Look,
3: ab- absolutely. If Andrew Shears, uh, you know, prospects of uh, winning the next election definitely went up this week. Uh, it's a throwback to why the last Liberal government was tossed from power in 2006: entitlement corruption scandal. Uh, it's the same old Liberal Party. They came back in 2015 and said Canada's back, and it turned out it's just the same Liberal Party with a uh, better-looking leader. So I think for a lot of voters, <laughs> they're going to remember. They're going to remember <laughs> why the Liberals, after that very long stretch of majorities with uh, Jean and Paul Martin were put on a timeout and they just didn't have a long enough timeout, perhaps.
1: All right, we're going to take a break and we will return. Topics worthy of discussion. Our wonderful panel will all be here when we get back. I'm Arlene Bynum for John Oakley and this is Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
0: We will get to the bottom of this for Canadians and that every tool is available, everything's on the table. Can you just
1: tell us the reasons that Mr. Ms. wilson Ravel gave you for why she, she decided to resign from Cabinet?
0: Uh,
3: do you want me to answer that question in English? Um,
2: I'm just trying to... Okay.
0: At the end of the day, this is really not that complicated. Thanks for listening to The John Oakley Show podcast.